0: everyone and welcome to season two of the Guide Post. we got tony here uh your uh your host for today we have a pretty cool topic um something we we don't talk about all the time but something that we're going to be talking about an awful lot more um do not forget if you have any questions or comments to send your comments in to comments at saltwaterguidesassociation.org if we read them on the air, uh, you will win yourself a free pair of Costa del Mar sunglasses, thanks to the awesome sponsor of our show. Today we have our policy person, extraordinaire Will Poston joining us. How are you doing today, Will? Doing good, Tony. How are you doing? Have you have you packed your bags to head up north yet? You're getting close, right? Time is yeah, I, time I've is got, ticking.
1: I've got like uh geez probably six or seven fly boxes full of uh epoxy flies i hope to give some give a bunch out but i'm hoping this uh storm that's hitting puerto rico doesn't mess things up too much but i'm excited man
0: no nah, let's let's just all let's all do a little rain dance and push that sucker about 300 miles offshore yeah and uh and you'll have it you'll have a good month up there at uh in martha's vineyard so will our guests today i'm kind of excited about it are our friends Chad and Jared from Georgia. And they are doing something that is not, <laughs> not often done. And, and I, I applaud them for their efforts. They've got a little problem with redfish that they are seeing uh, as, as guides in that region. They took it upon themselves to address it and it's coming down to the wire and they need, they need our help um to kind of push this one over the line so chad and jared welcome to the show and please tell us what the heck is going on in georgia with our with our almost favorite fish the redfish
2: well thanks for having
0: us tony will we appreciate it um
2: and thanks for giving us the opportunity turning this around so quick for us to do a psa um today chad you want to kick it off
3: uh yeah um we've uh I was on here what about two months ago i think um yeah we came on about two months ago and kind of talked about just redfish in georgia and how um kind of noticed just about a year and a half ago now um started a little instagram page called georgia saltwater angler association and Kind of transpired over a year into where we are now. And we've got DNR, um, suggesting a proposed change to our regulations for the first time in over 20 years, um, which is huge. Um, they're suggesting a three fish per angler limit, um, that's down from five fish and then having a nine fish boat limit in which we've never had a boat limit and then a a no keep for guides as well. Um, so so it's a very, um, very big change. It's, we're, we're very gracious for the DNR to the DNR for proposing this. And, um, we've got two, uh, town hall meetings this week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday in Savannah and Brunswick, Georgia, along the coast to kind of hear for open comment, um, public comment. Um, and everything we've been told is, you know, to try to get as many people there, um, kind of show up in presence as possible. So that's the, the big call. Chad, is, it a,
0: <clears throat> is it a hybrid meeting or is it an all-in-person meeting? So could people attend this from Zoom or?
3: I'm pretty sure you can attend it from Zoom and you can actually um, submit your comment um, prior to um, the meeting um, for them. And then public comment is open until when, Jared?
2: Until October 6th. So, um, it is a combination. I believe not both meetings will have virtual, only one of them. Um, But what we're really hearing um, is we need to show up in numbers and um, we need to show them that it's not just a few people concerned about our redfish fishery. Um, And, you know, we have an opportunity and I think we've been taking great advantage of it. We've had tremendous support so far in this quick turnaround. We have four weeks basically of open comment period. Um, That started in, uh, I think, August 24th or 25th, and that goes until October um, 6th, and there's a link on our website. There's also a link on our Instagram account, Georgia Saltwater, Um, so if you go follow us on Instagram, at Georgia Saltwater, um, we're also on Facebook as well that has the most up-to-date information. We're putting our PSAs out there and posts um, with quick links to the survey for open comment period. There's links to previous podcasts that Chad has been on um, representing Georgia Saltwater Anglers Association, uh, the previous podcast with you all uh, and a few others. So uh, there's a lot of great information on on our social channels just to catch everyone up on what's going on here in Georgia. So
0: Jared Jared just to to give like a 30 second like redux for the listeners what's happening here is y'all saw a decline in redfish in the state of Georgia. Georgia has this teeny tiny coastline, but y'all have an enormous amount of marsh. Like what was what was the percentage I I forgot from the we last have, podcast. We have one
2: along our Georgia coast, um, which is roughly about a hundred miles. We have one third of the marshes along the Eastern seaboard.
0: Yeah. It's so incredible.
2: It's, yeah. It's I mean, no, just red, redfish fishery. habitat.
0: Yeah. Just nothing but redfish habitat. So y'all are seeing a decline in your marshes, right? You used to go out and we're hearing this in a lot of places you used to go out. You used to see schools of 30, 40, 50 redfish. Now you're seeing schools of like five and 10 and less schools And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't need a weatherman to tell you which way the wind is blowing, you know, what's happened. And then you start looking at, you start looking at the regulations. And as Chad said, it's been decades since the regulations have changed. And then you start looking at the effort and effort is how many anglers are out there and how often they're fishing. So you have you have regulations that haven't changed and effort that is increased exponentially and now you're seeing a lot less redfish so it's not like a stock assessment because we're we're working with the atlantic states marine fisheries commission and they're going through a stock assessment right now so it's not like a stock assessment came out and said oh man you know the population is down right um y'all it's what y'all are seeing and and this is proactive management which is almost identical to what we're doing with false albacore right now. And so instead of crisis management, so like a couple of years from now when the stock assessment comes out and it says, Hey, stuff is really, really bad. And you're like, man, I wish we had done that four years ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) What we were trying to do y'all are in a position right now, like saying, Hey, look, we're not trying to take anything away from anyone. We actually want it there for everyone, but it behooves us. To take a look at you know changing the regulations based on effort alone right that the effort exactly. has exponentially increased there's less fish more anglers they're on them every day something needs to change is that exactly. is that my 30 second redux is that accurate exactly tony i think you know if we were just to look at the data coming from the coastal resource
2: division right now um, there's there's definitely people on both sides of it it's cyclical, it's showing that it is cyclical, but we see a downward trend in that data. Um, but you can't use that data alone. And what we're trying to say is our captains have hundreds of days on the water every year. There are eyes and ears. Um, they know this fishery intimately. And when people that fish for a living are telling you that we need to reduce the number, the limit of fish kept, that's a time to listen, um, you know? <laughs> They're the ones telling us to reduce it, and and outside of that, we're just saying look around, everything is connected. We are, we've been saying recently, fish don't know where the state lines are, um, and we look at our neighbors to the north and the south, and we've seen decreases. Florida has been more aggressive recently, decreasing to one redfish um, as their keep, and then a, a two fish vessel limit towards southern Florida and a four fish vessel limit in the northern. Uh, points of Florida. Um, And it's even to the north as well. I mean, we're looking at North Carolina's at one fish per angler. Um, South Carolina's at two fish per angler. Um, And we're at five currently. We're at five fish per angler with zero, with no vessel limit. And as Chad mentioned earlier, this is a change that hasn't occurred in 20 years. And add on the compounding, you know, effects of a global pandemic which we've seen tremendous increase on our fishery as a result Um, more people buying boats more fishing licenses and it's not just in the state of georgia it's nationally and so we do have that those stats as well showing increased pressure it's just um it's just time for change
0: you know i think um i think the way that you just laid it out i would uh I would be willing to debate anyone that says there's no science to support this change because you know science comes in a lot of different ways and and what I'm what I'm finding out we're working with um this brilliant IT guy in the private sector and we're we're trying to figure out ways uh where we can use data better um, specifically for redfish, bluefish, false albacore, all the stuff that means things to our guides. Um, and, and you know, data can tell you a lot of stuff, but you have to know how to look at it, right? You have to know what you're looking for. And you can't just say, well, we can't do anything because we don't have the data. Actually, you do because the population of Georgia has increased, the license sales have increased, and the effort due to the pandemic more time on the water has increased and if all of those things increase harvest has increased uh catch and release mortality has increased you're taking more fish than you were 10 years ago just by a function of all of these things that i just mentioned and that data is actually science so Even if the population stayed exactly the same, uh, the the breeding population and the spawns were just as successful, you would still have less fish. So, you know, the state really has to decide what experience it wants to deliver for the angling community. And I guess what y'all are saying is the people who book you and want to go fishing with you want to see those schools of 100 redfish out on the water. And they want to see a lot of them right and it's not necessarily I'm sure they keep some fish, but it's not necessarily about getting your limit um it's more about the overall experience of the day and being out there and learning something about the fishery
1: and that, so, that's kind of that's kind of what stuck out to me too like you guys have been you know banging this drum for like less than a year, and Georgia has already kind of come out and given you guys a pretty big opportunity here like they're they recommended some, you know, pretty proactive changes, um, which now y'all are supporting. Um, So to me, you know, that seems like a, you know, huge kudos to both, you know, the Georgia Saltwater Anglers Association for getting all that support and showing Georgia um, that something needs to happen, but then also Georgia for coming back out at at you with a good good regulation change because, you know, Tony, how many states do we deal with that would have just brushed this over like, you know, any any other Uh, Tuesday?
0: Oh, my God. They would the stock assessment would have come out and said that they were 25% below the threshold. And then everyone would have said science is stupid. And there's they're like rats infesting everything and they're eating all the crabs. That's what we hear about stripers every day, right? The, oh, are you kidding me? There, I can't even put a hook in the water. The only thing I can catch is a small striper. They eat everything. We have to control the population. And you're like, what?
2: It's like, important t- to know, though, as well, <laughs> Tony. That um, you know, we've been doing this for a year officially, but this. We're Chad always says uh, every time we speak that we're standing on the shoulders of so many um, that have voiced their concern for decades. Um, so, you know. At least over ten years
3: yeah, to say that this hasn't been brushed over for a very long time um you know, and the big thing right now um I was told recently by uh state legislature that you know that there's a lot of mis we're we're putting a lot of misinformation out there and fear mongering and um and stuff like that and and that if you know that they'd would rather have a a reasonable and fair discussion about you know the facts and that's That's what we, if you listen to everything we've said from the beginning, that's like all we've actually tried to do is have reasonable conversations um, with the actual facts and get these questions answered. And, you know, they, you know, literally was told by uh, this, this person that the chief of fisheries, Dr. Belcher said that there has been no decline in redfish in Georgia. But yet, if you look at the graphs, if you look at their assessment from last year, which we had a of uh, over two years ago was a 40% return last year was a hundred percent return. And, you know, you talk to guys right now, they're saying, you know, there's more 13 inch redfish, um, out there than they've, they've ever seen. Well, we just had a really good return of small fish last year. So we, there should be more just under slot, just over slot fish. Our concern isn't those fish. Our concern are the flats fish, your over slot fish, your 25 to 27 plus inch fish. That aren't making it out of that slot. They have. There is no science on those fish, and I know this because they've recently, in the last few years, tried to work on a program to tag these overslot fish. Um, and our concern is that these fish—they live, you know, close to 100 years old, and they breed for a very long time. How many of these fish are not being replaced by these overslot fish that are then making their way offshore? Um, so it's it's not that we're fearmongering; it's that we're we're seeing a lack of action, you know. Chad, here's
0: a talking point, right? So, Will and I dug into so uh, redfish, red drum, whatever you want to call them, uh, depends on kind of where you are in the coast, which call them uh, the the stock assessment. Uh, they're managed by the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission because it's primarily an inshore; it's a state fishery so asmfc manages them and the current stock assessment is in the hopper right now and will what was the word do you remember the word that was on top of the stock assessment that made me have a mini stroke so before will says this word i want to i want everyone to think about you know close your eyes and think about redfish in your mind and i don't care if you're listening to this in Martha's Vineyard, or New Jersey, or wherever, or apparently Norway, because we're incredibly popular we're wildly popular there. Hello, my friends in Norway. Think like close your eyes and think of the magazine, you know, with with some guy holding a giant bull red, right? And then you would just automatically assume that these things are managed well because they have to be. I mean, look, I didn't, I did not look at MRIP. I did not know how many trips were taken. Coastwide forum, but I I would have to think that it would go stripe ass bluefish, redfish, right? For the for the number of trips taken, how important they are to the economy of the coast. Will, do you remember the word that made me have a mini stroke and blackout and see spots? Yes. I believe the word was simulation. Um simulfrignation. Yeah. They have to simulate the stock assessment because they don't have any data on fish over four years old. And those are the flats fish that you were talking about, Chad. Zero. They have a long line survey that they do in North Carolina. Um, and that's about it. And and they they have no idea. They know there's a northern stock and a southern stock, and that line's somewhere around the South Carolina, North Carolina line, but they have no concept of how many fish over four years old are out there. And that's a little concerning because those are the spawning fish so how you know that's why they have to measure the population on that term escapement rather than spawning stock biomass because they they've no idea what the spawning stock is so when we started the albi project when we you know stripe bass are winding down all of these things are going on simultaneously it's hard for people to keep track of it it's hard for us to keep track of it we reached out to the drum board at the atlantic states marine fisheries commission and it's exactly what chad and jared said our guys are on the water every day our fingers on the pulse of the fishery what can we do to help and we wrote a a very formal letter uh something that i'm sure willie has on his refrigerator at home it was very nice to the commission and we said can you please review all the data this is what we're capable of doing where does it line up and how can we start accumulating data on these fish so this isn't going to help you guys for the meetings on this week but we are we are starting the machine cranking wheezing crunching knocking the rust off of it and rolling towards redfish and saying you know look i'm not coming down i'll bash the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commissioner on every corner when they screw up. This is not a screw up. This is an issue that they have known about for 25 years and they've never had a solution to and they're doing the best that they can. And they've, they've committed to working with us. So we have all sorts of stuff in the hopper to where I think the future is pretty bright for finding out information on those redfish. Um, it's not going to help you guys this week though. I think I think that's why y'all on the podcast will. What's up, buddy?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to go back to something Chad was saying, you know, talking about um the Georgia official who was saying that you know there may not be a problem here cuz you know everything looks stable, but even if redfish are stable over say like their the past 30 years, that shouldn't matter because the the effort has gone up, so that same population can't be sustainable on a 500% increase in effort. So, you know, to to that point we were talking about earlier here, like the effort alone is the thing that's driving this change or the 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 desire for change rather. Um, and I I think you guys are, you know, doing a good job uh hitting that
3: home for sure. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, we can make and, that change. And just to add to that, you know, lack of growth of anglers over the last 20 years, you know, we we put a a creel limit in effect only 30 years ago on our fishery. Um, But the big thing here is whether or not we're seeing a change in these fish for the, for the, the worse. Um, One thing that we haven't really acknowledged and I have a little bit is none of the information that they've shown in the last few years shows that the fishery is like going bonkers in a great direction. So the big thing here is like, we don't hire officials and elect people. We don't elect presidents to just like maintain, you know, we, we elect people and we put people in place in our government for our education systems or whatever to continue to grow and better and do better and be more successful. So, you know, a big thought here too is just the lack of actions concerning just because well, okay, well, yeah, they're not declining, but what are we doing to make it better right now. Um, and that's where we haven't really gotten any answers either. So, you know, it's, that's why I got, you know, brought up that thing about the fear mongering is we're there's no fear mongering we're just asking, you know, what's going on and why hasn't there been any change? And, um, and we haven't had enough information given to us to prove that, you know, you have a few guys that'll respond to us, man, I caught 300 fish yesterday. Okay, well, you know, that if we based everything off of one guy's experience, then it'd be a whole different world out there. But, um, you know, there's a a lot of different factors that are going into what we're saying. And a lot of people have been saying this for a very long time. We've just fortunately found the right outlet and the right time to say it louder. Chad, something, um, you know, I I think that there's
0: so many similarities between striped bass and redfish. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of them but one of them is the amount of the amount of uh, fish on the water um drives the economy around both species. in other words that if you know that if you're going to go out and have an unbelievable day because you had a good year class there's tons of fish out on the flats, word is out, you know, the phone is not going to stop ringing for y'all to be booked, the fly shops are filled, the tackle shops are filled and you know i always i always bring this number up and in 2006 that's when we were at the peak of the striped bass population and at that point there were over 25 million coastwide trips for striped bass 25 million and that's directed trips when the when the boat left the marina the dock the harbor they said we're going out to catch striper's may have caught a bluefish may have caught an albee, whatever that trip was directed for striper's 25 million the latest update to the stock assessment uh we were down to 17 million in change so i mean th- think about that you know you, we lost somewhere around 7 to 8 million trips a year and and how does that trickle down into everything i mean i can tell you right now um <clears throat> down in down at the baybridge tunnel you couldn't Man, we used to, I'm not even, I'm not going to say the name. I don't want to be mean to the hotel, but like the hotels down there back in the day, 20 years ago, like I used to just sleep in the truck. Like we would just get a hotel room just for the parking spot, right? And just sleep in the truck because the hotels were so scary. And you couldn't book a room that you'd have to book a room a year in advance to get it, to get a hotel room a little bit before Christmas, a little bit after Christmas. There could be lines at the ramp that were an hour long. I mean before before dawn, you know it was just thousands of boats everywhere, gannet storms, thriving charter community out you go out in the winter now, they're not a single boat, a tumbleweed would roll across the 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 launch ramp at Cape in Cape may you know they're just they're not there, man, they're not there, so like you have to. When you look at this, it's not just like we can still go out and catch a few fish. That doesn't drive the economy. It's all the fringe people who will take up golf and tennis or, or I don't know, redo their master bathroom, (laughs) Um, you know, instead of fishing, because fishing isn't that great. I'm a prime example of this. Fishing has been horrific in the Chesapeake Bay. Will you drive across the Bay Bridge all the time? We have there is a there is a, a a sewer pipe that goes out north of the Bay Bridge on the east side. It goes out, you know, over a mile. It's covered in a huge rock pile. You have you have pylons. You have monster rock piles for the bridge, and it's all going sideways to the current. And you, you drive over the bridge, and there could be a boat on each piling, ten boats on the pipe. You know, other boats scattered in different different structure areas. I have, I have not. I live on the shore. I drive over the bridge as infrequently as possible. I have not seen more than three boats all year, all year on the bridge, and it just kind of makes me shake my head because all of that is a benefit to the state, the gas the maintenance on the boats, the lures, the sandwiches, the hotel rooms, the 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 dinners, the the going to this place and, you know, going to the store and buying beer and sandwiches. I mean, how much does each, each person spend? And it's like a dead zone. So, I mean, my, my message to the people running things in Georgia is pretty simple. Look North. You don't want to be us, right? Our fish, don't sexually mature, fully, fully recruit sexually mature until they're seven or eight years old. Y'all have them, they're making babies after three years, right? So you your turnaround time is not like ours. We're screwed. I mean, our, our stock is not going to be rebuilt until 2029. And I would just suggest that this is, man, when I'm saying ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure, look north, my friends. Uh, all, all the legislators and decision makers in Georgia, because you don't want to be us. You don't want to be us because we have nothing. We have nothing left, nothing yeah. in the bag. That's a, that's a great point, Tony.
2: And it is, it's all connected. It does affect our economy. It affects our well-being here on the coast. It affects a lot of livelihoods, um, captains that make a living off of this fishery. Um, it, the connections are endless, right? And and that's what we're asking is just to be proactive with this. We don't want to be in a point where we're reactive. We don't want to be at a point where we're saying, shit, I mean, the, the fishery now just went to a drastic demise and, and now we have to close the fishery. Um, we, we, you can't catch redfish anymore and you can't keep redfish anymore. Uh, if we're proactive about this, we're just ensuring that future generations can continue to enjoy this fishery that we have a thriving population of redfish, everyone benefits. Um, and for those out there, there are a few that are making this a political decision. This is not a political decision at all. This is a moral decision. This is for our well being, this is for the, our community and for our coastline. Um, so just realize that exactly what you said, Tony, it is all connected. It's going to help out our economy. Um, It's going to help out the captains that make a living. It's going to help out everybody that lives on this coast. And that likes to visit and enjoy the coast.
0: So y'all actually have people who do visit and enjoy the coast, right? Our tourism has tanked. Will, when was the last time you saw an out-of-state plate anywhere in Maryland along the bay? When was the last time? that I've
1: seen. It's probably been a while. Um, you know, I know people but come go to that. up to
0: Martha's vineyard. Yeah. ADC, Martha's vineyard. Yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, I mean, you still get people who will come in for that two week early season pulse when, and just hammer the breeders, right? Like that's still happening, yeah. but you're not getting that, um, you know, sustained in the summer. Uh, you know, when people can do the light tackle jigging stuff, that's, that's tanks for sure. You know, everyone's going down to yeah. Virginia beach right now spending a bunch on gas to chase cobia with step ladders on their, you know, 18 foot Boston Whaler.
0: <laughs> yeah. So our, our cobia effort has gone up five fold. And that's the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up. And thank you for bringing that up. Will. when the redfish go away, people are going to go after something else. And what's that going to be speckled trout? What, what's the next one? And so we got into a cycle in the Bay you know, Cobia have shown up really huge numbers in the last 10 or 15 years. And with the demise of stri- so this is how it went. 20 years ago, we could go out we catch weekies we catch weak fish, we could catch croaker spot. um, We could catch black drum, we catch t- stripers, bluefish, Spanish mackerel, tons of stuff. Now, it's only stripers, weak fish are gone, flounder are gone, croaker are gone, spotter gone, everything's gone. all that effort shifted to stripers. One of the hardest things for managers to capture is effort it's fishery science doesn't do effort well so um
1: guys right, so J- Jared chad we've got you know we've covered a lot so far um it is Monday morning when are the, just for one more time, when are the public hearings, um, how can folks, uh, you know, get involved, um, you know, tag, pl- plug your, y'all social, um, you know, how can we, you know, get this redfish regulation change across the finish line
3: here?
2: We have October 6th as our deadline for open comment period. All of these links can be provided on our Instagram account and our Facebook page. Our Instagram account handle is Georgia Saltwater, So at georgiasaltwater or instagram.com forward slash georgiasaltwater. That's the best spot to go to for up-to-date information because we post often. Um, our website is georgiasaltwater.org. Um, all of that information is updated there as well. We do have two public hearings this week. And we are asking anyone and everyone to show up. if, if you um, want to help out our Georgia fishery, if you want these proposed regulation changes to be put into place, we need you your attendance at these upcoming meetings. The first meeting Jared, is, what
0: city what city is the meeting are the meetings going to be in just so people know.
2: Sure. the first meeting is this Wednesday, September 21st in Savannah, Georgia. It's at the Armstrong Center, which is Georgia Southern. University's um, center over there. And then Thursday, September 22nd is the second meeting the day after. And that is in Brunswick, Georgia, to the South of Savannah. And that's at the college of coastal Georgia. Um, both are meetings... they, are they
0: doing these at two o'clock in the afternoon? Like they do around us so nobody can get to them or are no. they actually in the evening. Yeah. Both <laughs> they...
2: meetings are at 6 PM. So thankfully they'll do, thankfully... they'll
0: do ours on the on the other end of the state in the hardest place to get to at one o'clock on a tuesday i've right. actually rented like school buses to go to 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 go to meetings because they'll they'll pull that kind of crap on us so that's great that they're in the evening so you know what i what i'm thinking is man if somebody's listening to this grab two or two or three of your friends go grab a bite to eat whether whether it's in brunswick or savannah whichever one's closer to you connect with your friends have a little bite to eat show up to the meeting say your piece be polite be polite the fact that they're having this meeting is a is a tip of the hat to guys like chad and jared and all the people that the shoulders that they're standing on for the last 10 years they're showing you all respect by by having this meeting be polite. Be concise. Tell them what this fishery means to you. Tell them what it means to future generations and why it's important to save. This isn't about picking winners. It's not about taking stuff away from anybody. It's about ensuring that that rich culture and history of fishing for redfish on the flats of Georgia continues tomorrow, next week, next year, next decade. Be polite. Okay. These are not dummies working for you in the state of Georgia. They know their business. They're good fisheries biologists. Don't go up and act like you know everything and you're right and they're wrong. That'll turn them off instantly. Be polite, be courteous, be gracious. And I can't tell you how much, you know, I respect y'all for taking this on. Uh, you know, just a, just a, uh, uh, you know, I, I love it. It's a ragtag band of people who agree on something and they grow and grow and grassroots and, and keep fighting and keep chugging and they're they're about the two yard line now y'all so um write the letters in show up to the meeting support these guys this is something that the guides association believes in proactive management I thank y'all very much for being on the podcast and here's to a victory after Wednesday and Thursday. And also they said written comments by October. By October 6th,
2: written comments. October 6th. um, Just so a a quick recap too, that our current limits right now are five fish per person and no vessel limit. Um, What they're proposing, the DNR is actually proposing a three fish per person limit, and a vessel limit of nine fish, which is a step in the right direction. Um, we want everyone to take that public comment survey, and it's, it's pretty confusing when you take it, but we're requesting that you support all actions, um, regardless of whether you think there should be a more strict limit, a lower limit in any of these areas, please just click support. They're going to measure that heavily, uh, we want you to support the change. If you have a difference in regulation, just comment below your your option to support. And then you can write that in secondarily. Uh, they've told us that they will take that into account. So
0: um, just wanted to mention that <laughs> to help us out. Well, listen, y'all get after it. Um, we will be following this close, putting it on our social media, asking for support from all of our people. This is something 100%. That we believe in. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Jared. And thank you, Will. And we are signing off on the guidepost. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it.